You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. We've, uh, we've taken the initiative, the lives of our family, seek the Lord of our communities, the lives of our schools, in the lives of our as a church. We've been praying on the weekdays, Monday through Friday, and we have seen the, the, the Lord just uh, do amazing things. There's, there's, there's testimonies coming. We heard one on, uh, on video today, but uh, there's, not a, there's not a Sunday or a day that goes by that I am not hearing what, what God is doing in, in people's lives. And I think that's just a testimony of his amazing greatness, amen, and just the power of prayer. So we've talked about how, how prayer produces peace. We've talked about how prayer, there's power in prayer. We've talked about how there's, we need to be persistent in prayer and not give up. And so today we're going to talk about praying the, the will of God. How do we, how do we pray uh, for God's will uh, Jesus many times would say, I didn't come to do the will of, of uh, I didn't come of my own initiative or to do my will, but I came to do the will of him who sent me. And so uh, how do we get to that place where we start seeking the will of the Father? And uh, I want us to go to a scripture, First uh, John 5, 13 uh, through 15. And if you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to go there. Um, sorry, sorry that I was not able to put the outline together for you guys um, so you're going to have to just really take notes, or, and, uh, and you're going to do a lot of writing if that's what you want to do. Um, so we'll have it on the screen if you, don't have, if you don't have your Bible. Not a problem. Don't ever feel pressure in that way as well. Um, so he- here's what it says. It says, uh, verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, I don't know what happened in the other prayers, but I know what happened in one of the prayers that Shauna and I prayed. One of the individuals that came up gave their life to Jesus Christ today. And so God's speaking to you today when you said, yes, he's saying, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. This is how we, the confidence we have in prayer, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And how many of us have cried out to God uh, because we wanted something really bad, and we wanted someone really bad, and it didn't happen, right? How many times have we we maybe sought God or or, or just maybe even in in your uh, pre uh, Christian life, you just, you know, you prayed these prayers and it seems like nothing, nothing happened. Well, there's, there's something about praying the will of God. There's something about submitting to the will of God that, that changes everything in our life. And so I put four things together that will change your prayer life. Okay. Four things that will change your prayer life. Four things that will help you to understand how we can pray the will of the Father. And the first thing that I want you to grab a hold of, if you, want, you can write this down if you want, is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Jesus is all that you need. 
You know, why did John start the conclusion of his letter? Why did he, you know, we're in chapter 5, but it's the end of his letter. Why did he start out by saying, I write these things, everything that I've written to you, everything that was so important, I write these things to you who believe in the name of Jesus so that you may know that you have eternal life. Why did John put an emphasis on that? The reason for it is that there was a teaching that was penetrating the church called Gnosticism. It comes from the root word gnosis, which means knowledge. And it was this teaching the Gnostics taught that if you had this special knowledge, you could go to this place that no one else could go and that you were the elite of God. And if you were not a Gnostic, if you didn't have this special knowledge, you were not there. And and what John is teaching his uh, readers at that time and what he's teaching us today is that Jesus is enough. He's enough. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. There's no special code or some mystery prayer. It's 1-800-Jesus is the way to the Father. That's all you need to know. Jesus is the way to the Father. You you can't begin uh, to pray the will of God until you know that you don't need to stand before a statue. You don't need to hold on to beads. You don't need to uh, do whatever religion throws at you, some special code. You don't have to make a, a, a pilgrimage. You don't have to make a promise that is dependent on you. You need to know that Jesus is enough. Paul wrote to Timothy To clarify this, he says, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor Jesus is enough. He's enough to give you eternal life. He's enough to give you an abundant life. And here's the beautiful thing, beloved. This is so important. Eternal life doesn't start the day you die. It starts the day you believe. Your eternity starts the day you believe. And so today, this special lady that came up, she started her eternal life today. And this is amazing. Here's the second point. Jesus is everything. Not only is he enough, he's everything. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, He said, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Christ and for Christ. Jesus is not the Father, and that's a very important distinction. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. But these three persons make up the one true God. The Son, it said before that, the Son is the the image of the invisible God. The firstborn, prototokos is a word. It's a Greek word, which means that he is the uncreated one, co-equal with the Father, fully God who became fully man. And Jesus said this, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus is everything. Jesus is all-powerful. He's not a genie in a bottle. Uh, he, he's not, uh, the, you know, name it and claim it. We're not a name it and claim it church. We're just, we just believe that Jesus is everything. You know, here, here's the deal is that we just had a testimony of a, of a, of a, of a special, special uh, brother in Christ that, that, that shared how, how God touched his stage four cancer. There's a testimony of that and, and how powerful he is. I have another testimony of a couple that sat here every morning. 
They were here before anybody. They always sat in the back. Dolores Vargas was, was uh, and, and, and um, Louis Vargas, they sat in the back. Uh, Dolores was diagnosed with, with a tumor in her, in, her, uh, in her midsection by her stomach. And this mass was uh, cancerous. And they gave her, uh, you know, two weeks when she was diagnosed. And two days ago, she went to be with Jesus. And so here's the thing that we don't, we, we do not uh, uh, think of God as he has to heal or, or, you know, by his stripes we are healed. And all these things, we, we, we need to understand that Jesus, there's power in his name, but he's got an amazing plan for people's lives. And sometimes that includes that we go with him. And the, the, the most amazing thing about when I went and prayed with, with, uh, with uh, the family and as I prayed for Dolores, I have not felt that kind of love in a long time. That room was filled with love. Her, her whole speech was filled with love. In fact, I, I told uh, uh, Kenny, one of our elders, Ken Chavez, as, as he came in, I saw her smile at Kenny and I said, no one smiles at you like that, Kenny. <laughs> no. I've never seen anyone that happy to see you. That's the love of God. Jesus is everything. You know, and, and, and as, we, as I went and visited them after she passed away, the peace of God was there in that room, and she went to be in her eternal home, and, 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 and the family said, her, the daughter said this, I had heard people say that there's a peace that we have from God when, when, when your loved one dies and they're in Christ. And I always had, I was a skeptic. I, I always did not believe that that is true. But she said, I actually witnessed the peace of God. Jesus is everything. The third point is we need to pray, uh, is praying with, with the confidence of your new position in Christ. See, when you pray and you're, a, and you're a believer, and you know you have eternal life, and you know that you have a relationship with the Father, uh, you need to know that you have a new position, that you're his son, you're his daughter. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a, my, my sons and my daughters have a very special place with me in their life. My sons call me up, I get the phone. My daughter calls me up, I get the phone. My, when my son calls me from Safford, Arizona, I get the phone. My daughter calls me from Las Cruces, New Mexico. I get the phone. When my son calls me from Mesa, who, I mean from Gilbert, where he's traveling all over the place, I get the phone. When I call my father in heaven because I'm in Christ, he answers the phone. He's there for me. He listens to me. John, John tells the readers, this is a confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he's going to hear us. He's going to answer the phone. And, and, and have you noticed that confidence changes everything? One of my sons, I told him the other day, he's going through a difficult time. I said, you need to walk in the, you need to keep walking in the confident humility of Christ. You need to keep walking in the confident humility of Christ because that's when you're at, the, at your best. When you start beating yourself up, you're at your worst. The devil's going to do that. Don't, don't help him. So when you can go confidently before God Almighty and say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for washing me from my sins. Thank you, Lord God, that I'm, 
I'm flawed, but you're not. I'm a new person in Christ. He will hear you. I want to show this short testimony real quick because we had uh, this prayer wall. You know, we've had so many things happen and, and then uh, people praying all the time. And we had several testimonies. But this, this uh, special lady shared something that I thought was so important. She talked about how her whole perspective changed about herself. That's important. Let's show this video real quick. These 21 days of prayer have, have given me my prayer life. Until now, when I sit down to pray to God, I had all these voices in my head, and I could never, ever get myself still. He has taught me so much. It has been such an intimate time with God. And he's also broke my will, and now it's his will that will be done. And just the love and to think that you can pray to the Almighty God, and He listens. He's not like everyone else in the world did. So you feel sometimes like you're talking to someone and they're not even listening. Not with God. God's always listening, and He always cares what we have to say. And He and when we blow it. He tells us, I'm just working on you. I'm not done yet. I'm just working on you. I was very sad for part of this. And yet now I'm victorious in God. God has given me a new song in my heart. He has changed my life and made me grow and I know that I'll be growing and growing and growing. We never stop growing. We never stop learning with the Lord. But I know one thing for sure. I will never turn from you again, Lord. So here, here's uh, the last thing I want to share. Number four is that we need, we need to identify God's will in your prayer life. And, and the, the word of God tells us what the will of the Father is. We'll see that. But there's two things that stand out that I think that our 21 days of prayer uh, really emphasized for all of us that, that came together to pray. And the first thing is that God doesn't want for any person to perish. God doesn't want any person to be lost. It's God's will for people to come to Jesus, all people to come to Jesus and have eternal life. And this is so vital for us to understand because it changes our perspective on how we look at others in our lives. Peter said this, he said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise about coming back, okay? As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance, for everyone to turn from their ways. God never wants any person to be separated from him for eternity. And he cares about people. He, he's willing, he cares about people so much that he was willing to send 
his son to die on a cross for us. Could you imagine? My grandson's sitting right here. Could you imagine me thinking, or maybe not sitting here, but he's doing something here. Could you imagine me, me, I can't even fathom thinking him, me saying, I'm going to offer him to die for you guys? Not, and maybe for some of you guys, be like, yeah, let me think about it. No, 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 no. For some of you, some of you I wouldn't even think about it. I say, like, no way. But think about those people that have hurt us. Think about those people that have mistreated us. Think about those people that have hated us. For me to send him to die for them. But God's will is for every person to have an opportunity to be saved. And to be brought into the love of God. And if you're here today and you have not said yes to Jesus, let me tell you, that's how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave up the best. He could have sent an angel. He could have said, you know what, there's an angel. His name is Lucifer. He's a rascal. He plays havoc with everybody. I'm going to send him to the cross. Right? Let's just think about the um, amazing wisdom of God. He sent God the Son for you and for me. Don't leave here today without understanding that God loves you very much. And the second thing, the second part of his will that is very important is that God wants us to grow in Christ. It's one thing to be saved. It's another thing for you to live out your God-given potential. And every person has a God-given potential. Every one of us has a special quality that God has placed. And he wants to, for us to bring that out through the sanctification process. There's a sanctification that God does. You're set apart. Positionally, you are in Christ. Uh, progressively, you begin to walk that in Christ out. And he begins to change you. I'm not the same person I was 25 years ago. I am so different than I was. But I'm not, God's not done with me. Every day he's doing some renewal. Every day he's doing some change. Every day he's doing something in my life. And he wants for people to grow and grow and grow and grow. Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica and he said this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And then he goes on to say that, that God's people should avoid sexual immorality. And he, and he probably uses uh, this act as, a, as his example because when we have sex, we become one with, with someone else. And it affects us physically, spiritually, and emotionally. He says, don't do that outside of the confines of marriage because in marriage, it's a covenant relationship. You become one, and, and you become one emotionally. You become one spiritually. You become one uh, 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 physically, and, and there's such an uh, important facet. In fact, in two weeks, not next Sunday, but Sunday after, after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a series on sex. So we're going to go from super God, super God, to super God, super sex. <laughs> and I can't wait. My wife is looking at me like, stop it. <laughs> Hopefully she's going like this. Yeah, me too. So, 
That's my wife. Give her a hand. Yeah. Here's the beautiful thing is that God wants us to grow in Christ. He wants us to just continually become more and more and more like Jesus. So as we pray, as we pray for ourselves and for others, we should be praying, Lord, number one, save them because you're mighty to save. Number two, grow them. Amen? Grow them. Let them become more and more and more like you. Let them have more of your peace. Let them have more of your love. Let them have more of your patience. Let them have more of your forbearance, your tolerance. Let them have more of all this. Because before that, we have a lot of anger, a lot of hatred, a lot of sexual immorality, a lot of all these different things. Amen? But God comes in and he changes our lives. I'm done. I'm done. I'll just say this as I close in prayer. If you're here today, Jesus wants for you to invite him into your life. He wants for you to begin to follow him so he can lead you in the way of righteousness and peace. And you'll never be the same. He loves you so much that he gave the very best for you. And he wants for you to receive that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time that we've had this morning. Thank you for how amazing you are. And we just pray, Lord, your blessing upon every person that's sitting here. Lord, if there's someone here today that has never said yes to Jesus, that never said, I choose to follow Jesus, I, I, I just pray right now, if this is you, that you say with me, today I choose to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior and follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. amen. Let's all stand up and worship our King. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.